This is an entertainment podcast, and the research we do may come from semi-unreliable sources. Welcome to Research Rebuttal, the podcast where two stubborn friends prove each other wrong. Each week, one of us will be the researcher, and one of us will be the guesser. I'm Rachel Teichman, and this is Paige Dempster. Hello. And today, we're going to discuss markers and how much water you should actually drink. I'll be your researcher today, and Paige will be the guesser. Let's get rebutted. Hey, Paige. Hello. You, uh, you're always bugging me to drink more water. Yeah, and I just saw you chug an entire water bottle before we started. I'm a thirsty boy. It's warm out. (laughs) It's warm out in New York City. Middle of July, baby. Here we go. Yeah, it's July. I love the summer. You love the summer. That is a lie. I hate the summer. I love the summer. It's, it's almost my birthday. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I have an interesting question for you. Okay. How much water are you supposed to drink a day and why? Oh boy. Okay. So I know you and I were both taught in school, you should drink eight cups of water a day, a a day, I'm sorry. And that should equate to like 64 ounces, but I've been told several times that's not true. (laughs) Um... And the new thing I heard, mostly from my mom, so I don't know how true this is because I don't know where my mom's getting her sources from. It's something like how whatever your weight is, you're supposed to drink some percentage, like a certain percentage of that in ounces of water. I think my mom said half of, so like half of what your weight is in ounces in water. So if I weigh, and I'm a big girl, so this is going to be a dramatic example. If I weigh like 300 pounds, I'm supposed to drink like 150 ounces of water. And that sounds absolutely ridiculous to me. So I certainly hope that's not the truth. Okay. Well, let's start out with some questions about the body and, and water in it. Okay. All right. What percentage of a human's body weight is water to start? I think it's 70%. It might be 80, but I've heard 70. Time to get rebutted. Oh, uh oh. <laughs> You're actually not that far off. Oh, okay. <laughs> According to WebMD, the body is about 60% water by volume. Really? Really? It's not as much as I thought. Yeah, I would have thought it was a little bit more too. Hmm. What does water do in your body? Huh, I never really thought about that. I think the brain is mostly made up of water. Like the brain is something like 90% of water. So it probably needs water to actually function. Um, Your blood is mostly water. So you need water to do whatever the hell it is your blood does, which I think is like carry oxygen through your body. And uh, you need water for when you relieve yourself. I think you need some kind of liquid medium for you to be able to pee. And I'm sure there's water in your poop. Okay. So, also according to WebMD, water flushes toxins from your organs, carries nutrients to your cells, cushions your joints, and helps you digest the food you eat. Now, I don't think that those are the only things that water do. I think you were right about your brain. I don't know exactly what the water is supposed to be doing in the brain. I just know it's there. 
Yeah, I don't think that I have like the most exhaustive list of what water does in your body. Um, but those are the things that I read. And I think those were the primary things. So like, you're not wrong. Like, water helps you digest the food you eat that turns into poop. So that's true. Also, according to WebMD, how much water you need depends on your size, how much exercise you do, how hot the weather is, and some other various factors. But those are the big ones. And I didn't, you know, WebMD, it works if you need to Google your symptoms and get yourself all worked up. But I wanted to check out a couple more sources. Oh, thank God. What do you think counts as water? Ooh. Um, hmm. As like your liquid intake. Well, I think any liquid that contain that's like mostly water, like milk or like orange juice, I think those count as like liquid intake for the day. But say if you drink, for example, like, I don't know, this would probably kill you, but like liquid oxygen, no, that wouldn't count. Right. I looked at the Washington Post for, for the next part. Oh. Yeah. And you're right. Like, for the most part, any liquids that you consume counts as water. So water, coffee, and tea all count. What do you think about caffeine Ooh, in this case? I've heard that like coffee and tea are diuretics and they make you dehydrated. So here's the thing. There is caffeine in those things. Caffeine does make you pee just a little bit more, but it does not make you more dehydrated. It oh. absolutely counts toward your daily intake of liquid, especially when you're not adding in a lot of sugar. Like it's perfectly fine. Ooh, even like, like a shot of espresso? That's fine. I mean, don't overconsume caffeine because it could make you sick in other ways. <laughs> but in terms in terms of your daily liquid intake, it's perfectly fine. It, it counts. I've done I've had too much caffeine one time. <laughs> Only one time. One time I drank five shots of espresso in one day. <laughs> That's a lot. It was too much, but college sometimes, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, I do know. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, the caffeine, even with the caffeine, you'll still be at a net positive for liquid intake. Oh, now, that's interesting. Yeah. What do you think about sports drinks and other sugary beverages, though? Okay, well, I freaking love Gatorade, first of all, so I hope the news isn't bad. <laughs> but sports drinks, they're, you're really only supposed to drink them I think after you're doing a lot of strenuous activity and you're sweating, because when you sweat, you lose like salt, I think. And then sports drinks have electrolytes, which replenish the sodium in your body. I think that's what it is. Yeah. So here's some news. Is it good news or bad news? I'm going to preface what I'm about to say with, everything in moderation there is no such thing as good or bad okay um okay. proceed okay sports drinks and other sugary beverages like soda do hydrate because it's mostly water however they carry risks from the extra calories and sugar so uh, yeah. sports drinks are generally not necessary like you're right in one way that if you're doing like olympics level athlete stuff maybe a few ounces of sports drink will be helpful 
but what's much more productive and much healthier in in that case for just average exercise average activity is water and a piece of fruit oh ooh, bonus piece of fruit yeah bonus piece of fruit see ooh. like i i like that what kind of does it have to be like a specific kind of fruit like watermelon i don't think so oh i think any fruit would suffice well I'm going to say watermelon, because that sounds the best right now. It can be any fruit. Um, <laughs> For my sake, it's watermelon. Yeah, sports drinks are fine if you enjoy them. But in terms of hydration, water is your best bet, generally speaking, when you're exercising. And in uh, general. Yeah, in general, definitely. I like where you're going with watermelon. Does food count for hydration? I think if it contains like a significant amount of liquid, like a fruit or a vegetable, for example, but yeah. But if we're talking something like a freaking cracker, I'm going to say no. Because <laughs> I don't think a cracker has even like 5% water content, but like a watermelon has like a 90% water content. So I'm going to say yes on specifically watermelon okay yes food counts uh moisture in solid foods typically account for about 20 percent of our daily water intake 20 percent that's impressive because there's water there's there's liquid in almost everything we eat especially fruits and vegetables but not just that it's in everything so uh yeah some foods that are high in water are Watermelon, as yes. you suggested. Yes. Cucumber. Yes. Tomato. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't like tomato that me, much. Me. Like, it's good in, like, sauces and stuff, but on its own, like, slice of tomato, I don't want it. I'm kind of the opposite. I don't want tomato sauce, but I can, like, handle raw tomato better than I used to. So you and I together could handle like a whole tomato banquet together yes yeah (laughs) that's why we work so well with each other exactly and i will say seltzer like bubbling water sparkling water whatever you want to call it counts it is water as long as it's unsweetened uh as you may recall from our our flowers (laughs) flowers and seltzer episode one um i think it was episode one yeah i think you're right yeah unsweetened sparkling water counts it does not leach anything from your bones it doesn't hurt your teeth you're good it counts for hydration i prefer i don't know like i prefer to drink like seltzers and whatnot as more like a leisurely thing than like an i'm thirsty and i need liquid kind of thing because for some reason Like, after I drink, like, sparkling water, I get more thirsty, and I don't understand why. Interesting. I And, like, I looked at the nutrition facts, and, like, San Pellegrino, for example, has, like, five milligrams of sodium. It's like, that shouldn't make me thirsty. Yeah, and that's mineral water, too. So maybe it's the mineral water that makes you thirsty and not regular seltzer. Yeah, because it only what really happens with San Pellegrino. That's interesting, actually. <laughs> I want to look into that. Please do. I would love to know why this. Why I'm like this. Now for the final part of water, 
We're going to get down to how much you actually need. Oh, thank God. According to the dietary reference intakes from the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine's Health and Medicine Division. What a name. I know. It's a really big. <laughs> now, get ready. Because uh-huh. it's, it's going to sound simple, but it's more complicated. Okay. They suggest 13 cups total, including food, oh. for men. Oh, okay. 13 cups generally for men and generally nine for women. Again, this is including the 20% intake from food. Yeah. However, there's a much better way to find out how much water you need as an individual because of all those different lifestyle things we were considering before, like your sex, your body size, your activity level. So what you can do... And this is going to blow your mind. Mm-hmm. Open up the old Google. <laughs> okay. And search for a water intake calculator. <laughs> Should I do that right now? <laughs> yeah, do it right now. Okay. There's going to be two different types. There's one that's going to, like, show you how much water you actually drink in a day and how much you should drink in a day. Okay, I'll, I'll do how much I should drink in a day because that's what I'm more curious about. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a lot. How much do you need a day? Well, because I weigh so much, it's 150 ounces. <laughs> so your mom was right? No, I hate when my mom is right. <laughs> no. Oh, she's she never, never going to show her, like, tell her that we do this. She can't find out that she was right. <laughs> If she finds out, she'll never let this down. You must promise not to tell her. I won't tell her. Thank God. <laughs> no one talked to my mom. How the hell am I supposed to do that? Like, I think I drank... I did not drink that much today. It's probably why I have a headache. But like, <laughs> That's ridiculous. Should I do the test? Sure. Okay. 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 <laughs> What's the answer? 50 ounces, which is... Six, <laughs> 6.3 cups I would estimate that I get anywhere between one and three cups per day yeah I'm probably like between four and six and so, I'm supposed to need like four liters of water <laughs> you're like a squirrel <laughs> my kidneys my kidneys are bigger than your kidneys God, that's insane to think about yeah. Oh my god. Well, you and I are get better start drinking more water. Yeah. We're probably both extremely dehydrated right now. Yeah. Oh, whoops. Oh, well. Well, this this would be a good time for a word from our sponsors. Do you suffer from severe dehydration? Is your mouth dry? Is this affecting your everyday life? Then you need the water capsule. It's a water in a pill, but it is not a water pill. Don't fret. This is the water capsule. Swallow it, put it in your stomach, let it go through your tracks, and it'll, you know, expand. It might only seem like a couple drops of water in there, but when it expands, it expands to your daily requirement of water. How does it know how much? Well, see, it's a special system formulated specially to be a part of your body. 
Don't be dehydrated any longer. Side effects include mild depression, nausea, headaches, and maybe psoriasis. Consult with your doctor before buying the water capsule. The water capsule! In stores tomorrow! Hey Paige, welcome back! Hello! Did you get your water capsule? Uh, yeah, it's in the mail. I got it through Amazon, actually. Oh, didn't you talk to your doctor first? He doesn't have to know. Yeah, okay. We're about to talk about markers. Oh, nice! Specifically, what goes into markers, and how in the world are they non-toxic? But, I wanted to sort of narrow this focus a little bit. We're going to be talking mostly about Crayola. Yes! Nice! Great. Give it your best go to start off. What goes into Crayola markers and what makes them non-toxic? As like an art person, I know that Crayola markers are water-based and not alcohol-based. There's two different kinds of markers here. And the water-based ones are usually more for kids because they are non-toxic and they don't have alcohol in them. What makes an alcohol-based marker better than a water-based marker for art? I don't know. They just blend better. And they don't, you know how like when you have like a Crayola marker and you're like drawing on the page and then it gets like through the page and then sometimes like the page tears? Yeah. Alcohol markers don't really do that. Hmm. Yeah, they're usually better for, alcohol markers are usually better for like art things, like professional art things. And then Crayolas are good for the, the kitties. What, what was the question? Why are they not toxic? Yeah. I'm just going to say, because they probably are just made of water and felt. You are doing very well. (laughs) I know my stuff about this. I used a couple of sources for this. First going to start out with Crayola.com. Yes! Oh, yes. Childhood. Yeah, I love Crayola. I still love Crayola. So do I. Quote, Crayola markers are made of five components, which include a water-based color solution. Uh Uh-huh. A porous plastic nib, a plastic barrel, a cotton filament, and a cap. Oh, I forgot about the filament. The main ingredients in the color solution are, get ready, water and dyes. I mean, I don't know what I expected. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much it. I wanted to dig a little bit deeper. Okay. And unfortunately quote, specific ingredient information is proprietary, and Crayola produces approximately 465 million markers per year. Wow, that's awesome. And, shout out to Crayola, all Crayola and Silly Putty products have been evaluated by an independent toxicologist and found to contain no known toxic substances in sufficient quantities to be harmful to the human body, even if ingested or inhaled. Ooh. Wait, why Silly Putty? Uh, I think that's probably just one of their brands, and so they wanted to show off their non-toxicity. Huh. That broadly covers what goes into the markers and how they're non-toxic, but I didn't think that was enough. So the question for you now is, what chemicals are often used that make markers toxic? Oh, I, you know, I only got like a C plus in chemistry, right? (laughs) I don't know many chemicals. (laughs) Mm. Take a wild guess. Okay. Um, 
I'm sure if this was like 60 years ago, arsenic would probably be in them. Lead? Probably not anymore. Um, silica? I'm <laughs> just naming things on the periodic table. I don't really know. Many markers, and, and this is according to seaforchemicals.org. Okay. Many markers contain highly toxic chemical solvents like xylene or alcohol, like you said. Okay, like how, how was I supposed to guess xylene, first of all? <laughs> but what I want to understand is, yes, alcohol is toxic. However, the amount that would go into one single marker, if used with non-toxic dyes, is it really that toxic? Is it really going to make you ill? I don't know. I'm not saying go out and eat your markers, kids. But I um, mean, I have a Copic like in the drawer next to me. We could test this theory. I just might not live to see the next day. Um, I'd prefer it if you didn't eat your markers. Mm, those but, are good markers. But yeah. I, I just feel that an alcohol marker probably isn't going to really harm you. I mean, like, I'm sure if you... Just bite the nib off. You'll probably be fine. But like, can you can you get drunk from drinking marker liquid? That's what I, I want to know. I think it depends on the alcohol content of the marker, and like how much of it you ingest at one time. Like, like what percent? Like, do they use pure alcohol or like are they? Can you make an alcohol with like gin? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Like, they're, like I, have, I have so many questions that I tried really hard to research. I couldn't figure it out. It was so hard because like, all these marker companies are proprietary. Well, I just know for the markers I use for, like, whenever I do marker illustrations, so, like, the Copic markers, mm-hmm. like, when you, when you, like, accidentally get a whiff of them, like, it is, it's enough to make you, like, go back a little bit. Like, Puffin jump markers back. again? Um, listen, <laughs> it's been hard for all of us. Happy COVID, wear your masks. Mm, please. But it's enough to, like, make you, you know, be slightly repelled. It's not like how with, with Sharpie, you take a huff of it, and you're like, woo. It's kind of like, you sniff it, and you're like, whoa. It's kind of more like that. Yeah. So, I long story short, don't. Yeah. (laughs) Don't eat your markers, kids. Don't huff your markers either. That's how you lose brain cells. One more thing. Okay. From thoughtco.com. Okay. What was the first marker and what type of marker was it? Ooh. I'm... Is it... Can I have a hint? It's something... It's a type of marker that we still use today. Kind of. Like, in it. it's gone through an evolution, but it's still in use. Like a type or a brand? Are we talking? Where, uh, let's start with type. Okay. I think probably like a felt tip marker. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> no need to get rebutted. Nice. <laughs> the first marker was probably a felt tip marker. It was probably created in the 1940s, and it was mostly used for labeling and art. Oh. In 1952, way back when, Sidney Rosenthal began marketing his, quote, <gasps> magic marker, which Wait, consists- does that mean the first brand was Rosart? I don't know. And what do you think it was made of? Like, what was the canister? So, like, 
what the plastic bit is today. It wasn't plastic. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, was it made of wood? No. Metal? Nope. Bamboo? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know. Ceramic? Glass. Oh, okay. I was kind of close there. It was that's, a, that's dangerous. It was a glass bottle that held ink and a wool felt wick. Ooh. Yeah. That's still dangerous. Yeah, that about does it for this episode of Research Rebuttal Podcast. You can subscribe. You can find us on Acast, Apple, Spotify, all those darn podcasting platforms. You can find us wherever you're listening to this. Click that subscribe button. Leave us that five-star review. And you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Research Rebuttal Podcast and on Twitter at Research Rebut. I'm Rachel. I'm Paige. And it's time to get rebutted. Thanks for listening. We were already rebutted. That's true. Goodbye.